all you need to know. The Bloomberg Quint podcast that prepares you for the day's business. Brought to you by LIC. Good morning to everyone. I am Hormus Fatakia, here to tell you all that you need to know on the 23rd of February. First up, some members of India's Monetary Policy Committee have called for a cut in indirect taxes on fuel products, warning of inflation pressures that may emerge from rising commodity prices. Governor Shakti Kanta Das said, and I quote, Proactive supply-side measures, particularly in enabling a calibrated unwinding of high indirect taxes on petrol and diesel in a coordinated manner by the centre and states, are critical to contain further build-up of cost pressures in the economy. End of quote. Deputy Governor Michael Patra said that the conduct of the monetary policy will be empowered if the sharp disinflation in vegetable prices continues into spring. The Reserve Bank of India should consider steps to disincentivize short selling, which may have triggered the recent sell-off in India's bond markets, according to Soumya Kanti Ghosh, the chief economic advisor at State Bank of India. Ghosh wrote in a note that the central bank should consider asking sellers to cover the sale in 30 days instead of the current 90 days and also introduce negative interest rates in order to make the trade costlier. The yield on the 2030 bond was up 6 basis points on Monday to 6.2% after rising 14 basis points last week. China regained its status as India's top trade partner in 2020 as the country's reliance for imported machines outweighed efforts to curb trade with China post the border conflict. Two-way trade between the two countries stood at $77.7 billion, according to provisional data from India's Commerce Ministry. Although this was lower than the $85 billion last year, it was enough to displace the United States, which occupied the top spot in 2019. At its investor day, Hindalco said that it plans to reduce its net debt by close to $3 billion between June 2020 and the end of 2022. It aims to achieve the net debt to EBITDA ratio of 2.5 times in less than two years. The company aims to have growth capex ranging between 2.5 to $3 billion over the next five years. The company's unit Novellis also plans to repay a $1.1 billion bridge loan by March. Finally, it expects demand for refined copper to grow by around 7 to 8% over the next 8 to 10 years. Bharti Airtel will meet fixed income investors on or after the 23rd of February, post which it will take a final call on the issuance of foreign currency bonds. The decision will be subject to market conditions. The board of the telecom major had earlier approved a fundraising plan of up to 7,500 crore rupees via debt instruments post its third quarter results. Zomato has completed a fundraise of $250 million from five different investors, according to InfoEdge's exchange filing. The transactions value Zomato at a post-money valuation of $5.4 billion. Zomato had earlier completed a funding round of $253 million from four different investors in December last year. InfoEdge's stake in Zomato post this fundraise now stands at 18.4% on a fully converted and diluted basis. The IPO of agrochemicals baker Hiranba Industries will open for subscription today. The company seeks to raise 625 crore rupees through the issue. Price band for the issue has been fixed at 626 to 627 rupees per share. 
The company raised 187.5 crore rupees through anchor investors, which includes names like Ashmore India, Society General, Morgan Stanley, among others. In international news, commodities hit their highest level since 2013, courtesy broad-based demand across products ranging from oil to copper to grains. The Bloomberg Commodity Index has gained 67% since hitting a four-year low in March last year. Bitcoin is down another 2.5% this morning after Monday's 4% drop. Tesla founder Elon Musk lost as much as $15 billion just a day after tweeting that prices of the cryptocurrency are on the higher side. In other news, the operator of the world's largest Bitcoin mine, Northern Data, is working with Credit Suisse on plans of a US listing that can raise as much as $500 million, according to people with knowledge of the matter. And with that, I head over to Neeraj Shah for the trade setup of the day. Morning Neeraj. Well, we witnessed the biggest single day drop in two months on Monday. Covid cases are back on the rise. How much of that is likely to impact sentiment today? Asar Maybe I can say that, Hormus. But uh, yeah, it's difficult to figure out what markets do, as, as I always say, because the stock futures are now trading uh, flattish to marginally in their green, because the US markets are trying to recover from the losses, especially the NASDAQ yesterday. But keep in mind, I mean, there are reasons, right? The 10-year Treasury yield in the U.S. jumped 14 basis points uh, last week to about 1.34. The benchmark yield hit 1.37. And so far this month, the benchmark rates have moved up 25 basis points. Now, this raises concerns for how rates could behave, which could have an impact on borrowing costs and discounting multiples, which is the worry of the market currently. Um, keep in mind, uh, you know, at, at, at peaks, which we are, seem to be, save, I mean, a few hundred points, markets are generally worried about things that may happen. And therefore, despite the U.S. Fed's earlier reassurances about rates not moving up, uh, even if yields were to move up, the market will look at the possibilities contrarian while looking at the current levels. Also, because long-term rates are ultra-low on historical basis, maybe rates don't have to rise too much before they impact the stock market generally. And therefore, all eyes will be on Jerome Powell, who delivers his semi-annual testimony on the economy before the Senate Banking Committee today. His comments on rates and inflation could determine the market direction for the week. And what the U.S. markets do could well be what the Indian markets do. Now, keep in mind, the Nifty remains in the bear's grip and continues the formation of lower highs, lower lows for the last four trading sessions. It's now below the 20 EMA and with a much higher VIX, which jumped up about 15% yesterday and expired around the corner, one would expect the volatility staying higher and corrective moves now won't surprise anybody. You have to keep in mind, though, that the equity markets have shed some weight from the top and banks have done so too. So let's see if there is more in store. I am watching the banking stocks as the banking index relatively outperformed the Nifty on Monday. And what the banks do could be crucial to the health of the market. Also watching Midcap IT, which outperformed splendidly yesterday. And maybe stocks like Infoage and other IT names, which cracked a lot. An eye out for Hindalco, which came out with a detailed debt reduction, capital allocation and dividend policy framework, which seems to be better for shareholders due to Novelis's continuous improvement and maybe Reliance Industries as well because of the detail around the O2C businesses. So individual stocks, um, not too many, more about banking and IT to be honest, but all eyes for how the markets behave. Thanks so much everybody for tuning in to this podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed listening to All You Need to Know. Did you know that you can listen to this show on the IVM Podcast app? On the IVM Podcast app, along with this, we have a number of other shows which you think you'll enjoy. Listen to Cyrus Says with Cyrus Brocha as the host. Listen to Pesa Vesa with Anupam Gupta. The Scene and the Unseen with Amit Varma or Shunya One hosted by Shiladitya Mukhopadhyay and myself. Check out the IVM Podcast app to get more talk content that you will enjoy. Brought to you by LIC. LIC.